0: Welcome to That Healing Feeling. I'm Torsi and I created this podcast talking all things wellbeing, what makes us feel the absolute best in ourselves and how we overcome challenges and heal with positivity and strength. I loved speaking to my flatmate Izzy this week on the podcast. We speak all about Izzy's journey with ADHD and mental health and how this has affected her throughout her life, from childhood to the present day. We speak about the challenges of being neurodivergent in a university setting, and how this was what motivated Izzy to reflect on her mental health and learning methods, and this in turn led her to her diagnosis. We speak very openly about medication and therapy as forms of treatment, as well as exploring many other coping strategies that allow us to grow within ourselves. By having more open and honest conversations like these, we can build a world in which mental health has the awareness that it requires. We really hope that you enjoy this episode.
2: Fab. So this week I have my flatmate Izzy on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. That's all right. I'm excited. I've <laughs> wanted Izzy to come on it. It's pretty much since I started um, because we, me and Izzy, have only known each other for
3: about two years now. Isn't that well? We first, I think we first met about before. two years ago. Yeah. But we've only really became friends, like, last year when we moved in Well, Or free-living with each other. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Like, me and as we moved in, like, not really knowing each other. We became close so quickly, didn't we?
3: Yeah, well, the thing is, I think no one else had any concerns about us moving yeah. together yeah and which kind of made us yeah. feel quite secure i think yeah obviously we're gonna get on i know
2: it was so nice yeah i think we became close so quickly just because we're both quite similar in the thing. We're, we're so open and like honest about and yeah. this is why i have wanted you to come on this podcast to talk about yeah everything kind of meant to have like really honestly and openly so it's so definitely great to yeah. and I, I
3: think we definitely it was stuff that we talked about very early on in our friendship. Definitely,
2: yeah. I think when you're living
3: with someone, it's so important as well.
2: I think so, yeah. yeah. And it kind of creates an environment that makes it feel like it's okay to kind of speak openly about these things. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like the rest of the girls in our flat, we're really lucky, actually. We we live in a six-man flat, which is <laughs> quite <laughs> a lot. Especially yeah. at the moment with, like, uni being online. We're literally, like, always in the house. It doesn't feel like too much, though. It's because we all get on so well, I feel like. Yeah. And, like, no, but I wanted easy to come on. Pretty much since the beginning. And obviously you know what the podcast is all about. It's all about kind of doing what makes us feel the best in our lives, but also the fact that overcoming challenges can really build kind of positivity and strength in our lives. Yeah. And I really wanted to speak to you because you've had this really big journey over the last year and a half, two years with ADHD mm-hmm. and your diagnosis and your treatment. And I kind of just wanted to speak to you about yeah. this. But um I want to start by kind of discussing childhood, because obviously you didn't get your diagnosis until year and a half two years ago yeah there.
3: so i kind of officially like my nhs diagnosis i'd say was like the february just gone um but then i kind of before that i had like a kind of half diagnosis in the september but right, okay. literally like not until my like third year of uni basically
2: is mad yeah because obviously like i read uh, Izzy has an amazing blog i'll link it and you speak about kind of these various symptoms that you did have growing up, but obviously you just had no idea how to navigate it. Yeah, and it just wasn't you. You didn't have this diagnosis, so how were you meant to know that this was yeah. actually something you should be dealing Completely. with? How did you find that when you were growing up?
3: Um, I suppose it's one of those things that obviously you don't know. I don't know what it's like not to have ADHD. Yeah, and as a, as a child, you're never really thinking like, what am I doing that's different to other people? What I'm, like you very much are in your own world. You're very much kind of like. This is the world that I know. This is the life that I know. Like, and you just take that as kind of face value. And I think it's only when you start becoming a teenager so much that you realise mm. that, like, you start to become aware to like how pe- different people are treated in society and about what the yeah, kind of exactly. things that are valued in society. where as a child, you just live your life yeah. and like. But I definitely looking back, like, and I've spoken about, about this with my mum and like my doctors and stuff about how many symptoms i did have as a child yeah um but i had an incredibly happy childhood and yeah, I. was
0: amazing i'm am
3: almost sort of grateful in a way that i didn't know i had adhd as a child because it didn't affect me i'd say it didn't start affecting me negatively until i was like in my late teens okay um and like my childhood was incredibly like i was a very energetic child mm. i was a very emotional child but like my mum and dad were both very accepting of that, and yeah. they like learned how to. I think I was quite a difficult child, but they yeah. just learned how to navigate that.
2: Yeah, and I guess you can you can draw positive aspects out of that, like you say, like being energetic, being like up for things, but also in being in touch with your emotions as as a child is really important as well. I think.
3: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And like my mum's always said, like, oh, you just wear your heart on your sleeve, and that's absolutely oh, fine. Yeah. Like, don't let anyone ever make you feel stupid for being emotional um which I think a very easily could have had a parent who was quite um cold or didn't really because some people just don't deal well with emotion well, which, no. is, which is completely yeah. fine like yeah. it's quite over if someone comes to you crying that's quite hard whereas is. my mum and dad had to deal with that from a very young age of me yeah. crying about literally everything oh, bless you. <laughs> which was one of the thing people always feel really bad for you when you cry people yeah feel really sorry for you whereas I think my mum and dad early on realized that this was just my reaction. Because yeah, I stopped to I'm such a cry, you know. Yeah. This. Every
2: film that me and Izzy watch, we watched <laughs> Paddington two the other day, and we were both like <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> sobbing. Yeah. Crying is, I find it such like a cathartic release when I cry. Well, that's the point of yeah. crying. Yeah. And I feel like if you bottle it up, and if you are someone who does just like find that release in cries, I think it's great. Like, yeah. Some people are so kind of like trying to hold it all in. Yeah. But actually, like no, like I feel like it's so important to kind of show that we can be emotional like that and like when we feel yeah. overwhelmed we are we can
3: just cry and let it out yeah even now though I, when i cry i feel so stupid if i, I cry about something that, that's just an inherent thing that that but that, that's not me telling myself i think that's that. a society it's thing it's a societal it? thing yeah. like I, sp- I remember when i was in year three i had a teacher who used to call me a fusspot and ev every single time i got upset she'd be like oh what's the fuss pot crying about now like that was a 40 year old 50 year old oh. woman Um, and I feel like but that's you you find like attitudes I've had friends in the past who if they've hurt me or said something or done something and I've I've cried they've been like oh you're just crying to make me feel bad Mm. like I think people take it as a very personal thing if you cry
2: yeah definitely
3: whereas for me it's like my mum said cry at the drop of a hat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just such an involuntary yeah. thing. Yeah, um, it's, like
2: natu- it's just a natural response. Yeah, well,
3: babies do it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It, yeah. And it's literally like a survival method when yeah. you're a child. And then suddenly you get to a certain age where it's not acceptable to cry anymore. It is so funny how society
2: kind of paints this picture of what they think we should look like. Yeah. And in terms of that, I feel like society kind of draws out this perfect life. Like, you go to school, you go to uni, you go get the job kind of thing. And like you were saying that, ADHD kind of started affecting you maybe negatively when you're in late teens. Was that related to this kind of education pathway we're kind of meant to take in terms of like those bigger exams, like GCSEs, A levels? Yeah,
3: definitely. Well, so my whole time through school, it it was definitely affecting me. Mm -hmm. But I think in a way that I was always quite switched on Mm -hmm. and quite bright as a child. I read loads, and I was very like quite adult in conversations. I think yeah. people would speak to me and be quite like, like You're very like mature for your age. Mm. Um, which I think is very common with girls anyway. Yeah, Kind yeah. of forced to become mature. Yeah. But I think then I had teachers who harnessed that, very much saw that in me. And even though I was on report at school and I like was very famously disorganised and I remember being upset about it, but I never really felt like it was something that was going to be an issue in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I kind of remember being very like, Yeah, I'm disorganized and and that's me, but I'm smart and I'm clever. Yeah, I I remember commonly I would get like, did you have grades at school? Like, report cards at school? They is
2: kind of, it's actually, I was speaking to my friend um, Lucy, we did a podcast because she has anxiety disorder, and we were speaking about her kind of experience with that. And she said that the fact that they used to grade us in school, like, they'd like group and like set us, and it's just so structured in like, how they define someone to
3: be it's clever or competitive. You know, it's so competitive, yeah. yeah. It's really And it's it really, really like, I um, know of people, like, who so in year six, um, I know someone who was put into um, year five maths when they were in year six. Right, okay. And, like, their self-esteem. So dropped yeah. Their yeah. self-esteem is still absolutely destroyed yeah, because of that. At that age, I feel like we're like a sponge and taking these things. Yeah, spend, and if you're like, told that you're not yeah. good enough to be in the class that you're rest of your peers who are your year six who cares year yeah six? I mean, come
2: on yeah. like
3: but i remember like repeatedly when i was in school like maybe year seven to year nine kind of having um like grade like we had grades and effort numbers right yeah we had them so as like well. a to e and yeah. then you'd have like one to five yeah we had them as well and five was like doesn't attend one is like ideal pupil yeah and right. i would repeatedly get a fours Mm-hmm. Um, but like Even in like in GCSE I remember like I was bottom set For English mm-hmm. Purely based on my Disorganisation Right I think they thought This girl is disorganised She's stupid Yeah Like she can't organise herself they She's stupid. Yeah Yeah
2: and that I guess that is a negative aspect of it kind of if it's affecting your studies yeah
3: but the thing is I actually think I did better than in that because I think my English teacher who wasn't the one who put me into the grades like she was new when I started Mm. in year 10 was kind of met me and like read my writing and read and was like oh this girl's smart like yeah. this girl's a good student
2: yeah and I remember
3: my mum coming in and being like why is she in the bottom set and I took it really personally well of course yeah you would like, at that I feel like and, and as well like we both
2: went to all girls schools like yeah. it, there is so much comparison involved yeah
3: exactly and loads of my friends were really smart top set mm-hmm. and I remember being like why am I in the bottom set like I'm not asking to be in top set I just want to kind of be given you credit. It's a reflection for where you actually yeah. are in but the subject. Yeah, then software. my English teacher really, like, I think, saw something in me and, like, took me under her wing and, like... Yeah, Aww. And then I ended up getting, like, an A star and an A in, Amazing. at GCSE. Yeah. Um, but, like, I I very much think that that's something that really sticks in my mind is, like, teachers very much equating being disorganised yeah. and being kind of quite chaotic mm. with being stupid. Yeah. Um, and on the reverse, girls who had perfect coordinated notes and who like, we're really organised, teachers immediately assume are oh, very yeah. smart, mm-hmm. and that's not always the
2: case. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And I guess school, it's so kind of, yeah, you're very supported by your teachers, and they get very involved, but at uni, it's a lot more independent. Yeah, especially study. history, because you, yeah. you
3: really, like, so I do history. Yeah, and so you, how
2: are you finding it at the
3: moment? Um, it's a lot. Well, even from the beginning of uni, I found it very difficult, Yeah. Um, which is kind of where my ADHD started to really show. Yes. Um, in the sense that you have to be very Mm self-disciplined, very, um, like self-motivated on your own time mm-hmm. kind of have that I'm gonna do work today because I need to not because someone's gonna hold me accountable to it yeah exactly like you can't go and sit in a lesson at school and not pay attention mm-hmm. or if you it's do different. you're quickly gonna different. be told that that's not okay yeah whereas it's so easy to go and sit in the library and do nothing for four hours and then go home
2: no one's yeah no one's gonna
3: tell you off <laughs> um, it's a different of yeah learning for sure and I think already that's difficult and then I kind of start to slowly come to the realization that I was finding it a lot more difficult yeah, than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, which was kind of a very slow process, I mm-hmm. think. And I think by the time that I really had realised it, mm. I'd, I'd like really had realised mm-hmm. it to the point where it'd been like a few years of it happening and mm-hmm. me being like, okay, this is a genuine issue. Like, yeah. I've tried different ways of learning. I've tried yeah. different methods and nothing seems to be helping.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um so then I kind of was like, okay, this is something that I maybe should look into. Yeah. Which I think is a as an adult kind of recognizing that you maybe have like I don't even use the term learning disability, but like, a, well, neurodiversity is the yeah. term I like to use, but mm-hmm. kind of having a kind of, um, like, anomaly in your kind of way of learning is very yeah. hard to come to terms yeah. with. In the same way, like, realising that you have depression or anxiety is
2: exactly really hard yeah. to come to terms yeah. with.
3: Um, but I also still think that finding out I had ADHD was, like, the best thing that's happened to me in terms of yeah. learning.
2: Yeah, it's interesting to say, because I remember when I found out I had dyslexia, I was, I think, Sixteen, seventeen. Which and is I, quite late Yep yeah, Which is quite late And to be honest I won't lie Like GCSE I didn't have extra time then And I could manage Because it was kind of I feel like yeah. The time constraints Weren't as significant In those exams Yeah Um. I think and I giving think Too much form, time anyway I was thinking The form of like How you'd answer questions In GCSE Is a bit more kind of like They were more like Questions rather than Big essays for me at least Because I did like Sciences and Obviously yeah. there's English But like I'd always be Rushed for those Kind of subjects but when I got to A-level, I was, yeah, I was struggling. But like you say, when I got diagnosed with dyslexia, I wasn't like, oh my goodness, this is the end of the world. It was like, oh, thank goodness, now I understand why that's been so challenging well, yeah. for me. That's, yeah,
3: That's a really big thing that happened to me as well when I found out I had ADHD. Because loads of people were like, oh no, I'm sorry. Like, I was fine. Yeah. Like, it, was a sh- it wasn't even really a shock. Like, obviously it was a shock because... I never thought had ADHD. I didn't really know what ADHD was until I no, started uni. yeah, yeah. Well, like, obviously, I did know what it was, but it was very much, like... You hadn't really looked into Naughty it. little boys. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, or people very... Like really energetic, like,
2: can't sit still. Yeah, yeah, someone will
3: have, like, a leg that goes a bit too... Like, you know when people have, like, a leg that jumps up and down? Yeah, which yeah, I, yeah. I have, <laughs> yeah. obviously. But um, people will be like, oh, like I've got ADHD. Like, very much... Oh, yeah, kind it's, of,
2: yeah, it's it's used as a term, like, to... Yeah, yeah, yeah like, OCD is. Yeah, to yeah. describe yeah. someone as... Yeah, kind of a bit neurotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Um, and I never really had thought that that was could be something that could apply to me, and it didn't feel like something that was for me. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It felt like a thing that young boys haven't grow out of. Yeah, and or that people lied about to have to to get study drugs.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, and then I think I remember meeting someone early on in in first year who was like, "Yeah, I have ADHD, and I take stimulants every day." And me being like, "Oh, like there are." there are adults that kind of are still, Mm -hmm. and I I just had never really met anybody that had been like that before. And then I slowly made more friends, some of whom happened to be people who had ADHD, both Mm -hmm. medicated and unmedicated, and Mm -hmm. they didn't all look a certain way or they didn't all appear to be like a certain way. And then I kind of remember thinking like, okay, this could be something that actually could maybe be something that I could have. Mm -hmm. And then looking into it and being like, that This is me. Yeah, this is just makes me. So much sense.
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: but it's it's the it's yeah the best thing. Yeah, because I've always had ADHD. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, but finding out I had it meant that I could oh
2: God, yeah. put
3: kind of that support in place, and also just recognizing that like yeah, I don't learn like other people do. So what? it's Acceptance. Yeah, because right, I've been trying to like squeeze myself into this box yeah. for seventeen years of my life, yeah. eighteen years of my life, yeah. of however long I've been learning. Yeah. And then finding out that okay, this box isn't for you, but there's all these other boxes yeah. and maybe you just need a little help and you'll be fine and, kind of yeah thing. and
2: you'll find what works for you yeah, yeah exactly yeah and also in terms of your kind of obviously this is kind of to do with healing and stuff but more in terms of like your journey of acceptance yeah this also involves obviously treatment so you yeah. had medication a journey of medication yeah and therapy am i right yes yeah so
3: um i'm currently on medication i take um, I've kind of trialed a few different ones, but I have found one now that I think is working for me. It's it's a very thin line of like, because they're because they're stimulants, they're mm. they're like class B drugs. They're yeah. quite intense. Yeah. And obviously for me, it's it, my because my brain is wired differently. Basically, I think it, it's it's how it works. It doesn't affect me how it affects like um, neurotypical people. Okay. In the sense that. I don't feel, that, like, it doesn't feel like drugs to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas for a lot of other people, it, it would. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But they're still, they're, they're very, like, intense mm. medications. Like, they they kill your appetite, and they can give yeah. you quite bad anxiety. Like, it's very common to have anxiety and depression with ADHD. Right. And I'm not sure whether that's because of the way that your brain is, like, chemically wired, mm. or if it's because of the kind of impact of ADHD on, on your life and yeah. that causes... It's probably um, a, maybe a potentially bit of both. A bit of both, yeah. yeah. Cause I had anxiety very bad as a teenager.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and I do think it was linked. I think it was yeah, that I'm this sure anxiety was, of yeah. having to, to to fit into boxes that yeah. I wasn't naturally well, it kind, of,
2: kind of puts you, puts you in a constant state of stress. Well yeah, right. Completely.
3: Yeah. Um and I think so I had I have like I've had therapy for anxiety.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um but the NHS currently don't offer any well where I'm from in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um they currently don't offer any form of talking therapy for ADHD. Right. You can tell when you speak to like the doctors and stuff that they were all very like kind of it's, it's hard that's hard for them to mm-hmm. have to tell you that. They mm-hmm. say, like, oh we, we, we're trying to set up a group therapy or yeah. we're trying to do this, but we don't have the money, we don't have the funding. Yeah. Um which is very less indicative of like NHS funding in the Northeast, I think well in exactly. the north in general. yeah, yeah. yeah but I think there's, there's the same thing in London. I think it's very common in in all over the UK that it's a very underrepresented um, kind yeah. of form of therapy yeah but I, I'm quite I lucky wish there was more emphasis yeah on I'm quite lucky in the sense that my parents um, have offered like f- to to pay for therapy is yeah. stuff for me. Um, yeah. and the university are very helpful as well in an ideal world we'd all have a therapist and I think everyone needs it no matter who you are get a therapist I mean yeah Yeah. literally
2: that's what I would say it's so funny because I was so anti-therapy I mean you didn't ever Izzy didn't know me when I uh, before we lived together so I was I kind of had my mental health journey on my year out and I came back to live with Izzy um obviously I was still going for a mental health journey now but yeah in terms of me leaving uni and I was so anti-therapy, not as a thing for everyone, but as just for me. I was like, it doesn't work. I was like, it's not going to work. I don't want to talk to someone about this. Like, this is my journey. But actually, like, to anyone who knows me, I am so pro-therapy. Like, I honestly, it's the best thing I've ever done. And it just allows you to really just look within and also just develop those, like you're saying, those coping mechanisms that really just kind of break through those negative
3: coping mechanisms. And also just to have an outside perspective. Even with a certain level, if you talk to a friend or a partner or a family member, there's always going to be this kind of, because we're self-obsessed as people, people are always going to have this, how do your feelings impact my feelings? How do your mm-hmm. feelings, how, how have I caused this? You're always going to immediately be drawn to that, I think. Definitely. Especially for parents, I think, as well, with their children. Especially, well, when yeah. I first kind of told my mum, I was like, oh, I've been speaking to people, I think I have ADHD. My mum was absolutely distraught. Yeah. Because she was, I think she was a very much a, like, Oh my god! I'm a horrible mother. How have I not noticed? Yeah. Not in kind like, of not, not, not in a toxic way, just in a very like a guilty way. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Definitely.
3: Um. And then now she's so understanding, yeah, she's and incredible. even like through me getting diagnosed, she's very much seen a lot of my kind of tra- traits in myself that she's like recognized yeah. in, her, in herself at my age. No, it's, it's- um, those kind of coping mechanisms that she formed as a young person kind of getting her degree and stuff are very much things that I have done. Mm. She's like, oh, okay, that's very similar. And um, also, isn't
2: just isn't enough awareness on mental health in, in general. It's getting better. It is getting better. Yeah. But in terms of like... Well, doing things like this as well. well yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, it is getting better and it, that's why... And obviously, everyone's journeys are so unique. So it is... Obviously, we can kind of categorise but obviously, everyone has their own journey but it's just... The, the thing about doing things like this is that it just means that the more people that speak about it, the more other people are inclined to speak about it. Yeah, and exactly. About their kind of experiences. I also
3: think with mental health, all of the conversations are incredibly gendered. It very much is like there are girls like mental health problems and there are boys' mental health problems. And that, I just don't understand what that... Like, ADHD, I very much have felt the impact of it being considered a boy's mm. condition. And I would say anxiety is yeah. associated with, like, female. Which is why the male suicide rate is so, like, high. Yeah, it's Like, awful. what, the biggest killer of men under 45? Like, that is so indicative of the way that we discuss mental health and yeah, the way that completely. we need to draw that away from... But also drawing it away from the idea that if you're rich and... If you have a good family life and you have a good job, then you can't be mentally ill, mm-hmm. which is isn't the case. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Or if you've got this far into uni, or if you've got into uni, then you can't have ADHD. Or if yeah. you have a messy room, you can't have OCD. And these are just like I think stigmas that we very much need to. But I find myself thinking things like that, and then being yeah. like, "What? Why do I think that? Like this well, is." Yeah, it's
2: just, it's because of the construction
3: of society. Right? Yeah, and
2: it's it's kind of starting to take down those walls yeah
3: that do yeah within yourself and then mask yeah definitely in
2: terms of your strategies for coping Mm -hmm. what would you say let's say someone who's listening has kind of come to terms they have adhd what would you say in terms of your strategies have helped you i mean obviously everyone has different strategies definitely
3: um i think it's very much the first thing for me was accepting that adhd wasn't just a kind of problem that was affecting me academically it's 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 my whole life mm-hmm. everything see, yeah. about my life but not that's not in an all in a negative way either like there are so many things that i think are like really great about having adhd and in the, in the sense your brain works differently but it's i think it's just about understanding that at first being like okay i need to accept that my brain maybe doesn't work in the same way that other people's brains do and that's fine um, not beating yourself up, I think, is a very Positive important, self-talk. yeah, because yeah, it's so easy to, to beat yourself up for stuff. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, we're the first person to speak to ourselves negatively, right? Like, yes. We're very, so critical. Yeah.
3: And very much imagining things you say to yourself, how you would feel if someone said that to your friend. Yeah. You'd be like, oh my god, you're vile. Get away from it. You are yeah. horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They,
2: yeah, completely. And that's actually such a good way to look at it. As yeah. Like, kind of, yeah, and it's yeah just talking to yourself like you would talk to your best friend yeah that's exactly it exactly
3: yeah and just think of yourself as this person who is like just trying their best and like yeah. as long as you feel like you are trying your best it's very e- i find it very easy to sometimes give myself um too much leeway with things and to know the difference between being kind to yourself and excusing toxic behavior
0: yes Yes, yeah, um, so that's very key. Because actually, the think. more
3: you excuse toxic behavior, the worse you're just you're the worse you're going to feel. Like if I lie in bed all day and don't do anything, and then I'm like, oh, I just needed it. I just needed it. But then it's like, did I need it or was I just enabling behavior yeah. that's going to make me feel? And worse? And there will be some days where you do just actually need it. it but and yeah. there will be others where that's not beneficial. that's not the case. And yeah. you're just going to make yourself feel worse. Yeah. I and you it. are just kind of giving in to that. I I do live in a society that values labor and jobs and money and I need money to live and mm-hmm. I, I know I need, I know myself, I know I need to be successful, I need to have that in my mm-hmm. life. Like I'm, so, I'm not somebody that can just float through life and kind of doing the bare minimum because mm-hmm. I know that I don't feel fulfilled in yeah, that way. Yeah. And if I want that, which I do, I need to kind of recognize certain toxic behaviors that yeah. are stopping that.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and obviously medication and therapy and learning tactics are all very helpful and there are so many. There's many steps along the way. Yeah, there's yeah. so many systems in place as well that can help you. Yeah, but only if you want help. Yeah, only if you want yeah, to help you yourself. Want, you need,
2: yeah, you need to yeah. have that kind of goal of. Yeah, if you just it, lie right. in bed and you're like, "Oh,
3: well, I'm got ADHD and I can't do anything, and I'm never gonna be able to do anything," then you're never yeah. gonna be able to. Yeah. Which is so easy to feel like that. It's no. So um, incredibly yeah, easy to course feel course like it, that, and it's not it. even—it's not easy at all to even get your head out of that. Like I think that entire of last year, I was very much so in challenging headspace. But like,
2: like. That, that's what I literally draw attention throughout all these episodes in this podcast is that, like, even though it's the ch- most challenging thing, but you do just build so much awareness, so much strength yeah, through these kind of challenges. Yeah. And we're so young. So Like, the young. fact that we can be aware of these kind of... And I know we're always... We're kind of classed as a snowflake generation, like, yeah. have too many kind of feelings, like, too much reliance on this kind of thing. But actually, like, we're going to be so much better off because at this young age, we, we've developed this awareness of these things that don't aid our lives and that do aid our lives. Yeah,
3: exactly. Um and I think especially over the last few months with the like the, the lockdown and
2: Yeah, I want COVID. To to that. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um it's very much brought a lot of things to the surface about I think for for everyone our age about what we want and what we value in life completely. and also like realizing that we as a generation have it incredibly difficult. I yes, think Yes, completely. Um, both kind of like societally and like culturally and economically and politically, yeah. <laughs> which is not. Like, yeah. The list is what, it's two recessions is before with twenty five. Yeah, not been aided by this. Pandemic. Yeah, but it is very much the feeling of healing in a sense of giving yourself the best chance. Not completely. not pretending it doesn't exist. Definitely. Yeah, like working with yourself, not against yourself. Kind of yeah. Way. No,
2: completely. Yeah. And in terms of this lockdown, how did you find
3: that? Um I well, emotionally I actually found it surprisingly easy. Okay. Um I think from a an anxiety perspective I responded very well to it mm-hmm. in the sense that all kind of my family my closest were all around me constantly yeah, I knew where they were I knew what was happening every we were there for each other mm-hmm. like it was nice to have that time with my mum and dad yeah. and to kind of like it was nice that I knew all my friends were on their phones everyone was staying very in touch with each other yeah um i think but then also from an adhd perspective i i very much was in a big kind of wallow of not having that chance to exert all my energy mm. and then just internalizing that mm. and very much my brain was just on 100 percent power all the time yeah. like thinking 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 like constantly needing something to do to entertain myself like
2: on our own for so much of the time yeah i think for people who do find it hard to be alone it was a really challenging time yeah i couldn't imagine even being being by yourself yeah yeah right
3: especially if you don't get on with your family or you don't get on with the people you were with i think i was very lucky in that sense yeah I went on lots of walks, which yeah, was really nice, really which is not nice. something that me and my family would ever have done no, before. No,
2: it did kind of build a few new behaviours into people's lives, I think. And really? something I did actually want to go on to as well is that um, we've been doing a bit of yoga recently. Yes. And you were a big swimmer growing up. Yes. And I've spoken in this podcast about how exercise obviously is beneficial physically, but mm-hmm. I think there's much more emphasis needs to be drawn on the fact that it is so amazing for mental health, and have yeah. you found that that's been benefiting your mental health?
3: Yeah, definitely. I, I I always joke that I hate how much better exercise makes me feel. <laughs> you too. Because it, I, I'm not somebody that exercise comes naturally to. Mm-hmm. I'm very much a theatre, arts person. Mm-hmm. Sports are not my game, if you pardon the pun. But very good swimmer, though. Yes, well, I, I, swear, well, I think I think my I, as a child I did a lot of sports mm-hmm. um and looking back I was always like why was I so sporty as a child and I just don't want to do it now and then I realized it's because I had ADHD and because <laughs> yeah. my mum and dad would just like get her out of my hair just for like ten- an hour and and run around the park. yeah but like my <laughs> Saturdays would be like I swim in the morning and then I go do gymnastics and then I go yeah. trampolining and then I go do diving yeah. like
2: so it sounds like my childhood as well yeah so sporty. from a very
3: much a kind of like I had so much energy and mm, as a child like, I couldn't really do anything but sports like, yeah yeah I was very much like I would cartwheel everywhere and I would run and I would always yeah, be doing like yeah. gymnastics and yeah and like just on my bike and like mm-hmm. always falling over and exploring and stuff and I very much I think that's maybe such a big part of why I had such a happy childhood mm. because now I realize when I do exercise yeah. how like amazing I feel yeah, after I exercise yeah, completely. um but I think when you put that pressure on the physical sides of exercise like you're never seeing a physical difference after one exercise session. You just know. Yeah.
2: You'll lose the like present benefit you get from it if you only see it from physical Yeah, exercise. which
3: I completely respect people who do who can do exercise for physical benefit. Yeah. Like people who can get six packs and who mm. like people like you who are so physically fit that I'm just like, it amazes me I because mean, I'm <laughs> but I'm very just sweet. <laughs> never going to be one of those people. Um, But very much using exercise as a way of mental relief. Like meditation, kind
2: of, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it is.
3: well, that's what I love about swimming. Yeah, it's... Oh, swimming is so meditative.
2: Yeah. Oh, my goodness, not It's isn't just it?
3: you. I, yeah, I just love that you, you put your phone away. It's just you and your body and you, the water, and you can very much... You're on your own time. It's not competitive. Like, if you're just doing it for, like, leisure, you're on your own schedule, your own time, you're there, and, like, it's very... it's It just it feels so good for your brain oh, yeah, when you're amazing. finished a swim. It's very like, you get in the water, you do your swim, you're done. It's got a very much a beginning and an end. It's like very much a segment of your time mm-hmm. that is dedicated just to you. and Yeah, that's your... great. Yeah, and I love it. Oh. I think it's... But yoga is very similar in that. Yeah, and it, it is really good. It's got yoga. A, an arc to it. Yeah, where it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Whereas a run, so much for me, is like, when is this going to end? <laughs> yeah. The moment I start running, I'm like, when is this going to be over? I guess I think for me,
2: growing up, the running was great actually because it did actually because because I went to running clubs. I'd it would be like warm up sessions. Yeah, freedom, which is a bit. But Definitely. I, I can understand how like just like going on a run can just be a bit. Yeah, it's not for everyone. Oh my god, like with exercise. Especially when we're coming from a mental health perspective, don't just do any form of exercise because you think it's the best or like it seems to be the best. Do what's best for you.
3: Yeah, and I, I did can't so state many that enough. Rogue sports when I was younger. Yeah. Like, well like we, know how I did diving? Yeah. And, like, everybody thinks it's <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Because I it's love just it. such a thing that I'll drop into conversation. Like, oh yeah, when I used to do diving. And my was, diving like, career. <laughs> my illustrious diving career. Um, and that was very much just a marriage of the fact that I did gymnastics and swimming. It, it's just. Not for competitive reasons or for, like, I did competitions and stuff, but, like, mm. very much just for the fact that, like, it makes you feel good. Exactly. And it's fun. Exactly. And not to put too much pressure on, like, I did this much exercise today. I did this much. And
2: if you go, yeah. like, a week without doing some exercise, that's fine. It's fine. It it's yeah, fine. It is completely fine.
3: Um, and for some people, that'll drive them crazy.
2: But I do think, actually, that in my own journey with it, uh, my mental health has been so much better since I've let that pressure go from it. Uh, yeah. So now, even though I do find it, I won't lie, Izzy is right. If I, if I like get home, I haven't done training the day and I'm like, oh, like... I want to do a because, like, workout or something off but like it's actually a massive kind of for me it's kind of a triumph which sounds ridiculous i know but for me it's kind of a triumph when i get home from a busy day i haven't trained and i'm like you know what I'm gonna have a day off yeah like for me that's a triumph which that is which and it is like and that that actually makes yeah it releases that pressure yeah and it's that's what makes me feel good is actually kind of knowing that it makes
3: me feel great yeah but if i don't i don't have to do it it's going back to that like self-care but not to the point where it's toxic exactly exactly where recognizing that you have behaviors or that you have things that you'd like to do for self-care but not letting that them control you Mm
2: -hmm. not
3: being like i need to have a day in bed today because of this or i need to exercise because otherwise this will happen yeah um and kind of letting that and remembering that it's self-care and should never make you feel like if i lie in bed all day i feel awful Mm -hmm. i feel awful Mm -hmm. But then in the beginning of the day, I'm like, oh, this will make
2: me feel amazing. I'll feel great, and then I yeah. feel awful. And then yeah. I'm like, why have I done that? Yeah, and it's just learning through those experiences. Yeah, so is how we break out of them.
3: Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, everyone does things, yeah. and they're like, why did I do that? I mean, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes people feel <laughs> it. Times. Yeah, exactly. And do you know what? You'll make this mistakes three, four, five, a million times. Yeah. But as long as you can recognise, okay, I shouldn't have done that, and next time remember just that. Grow from it. Let yeah, it grow from it. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I think that's a very important thing with like with self-care no matter what kind of form that takes mm-hmm.
2: ultimately it literally is just considering these activities and being like am i getting more of a benefit than a negative
3: yeah response? completely that's, yeah, that's it. completely
2: yeah
3: yeah i hate how much better exercise makes me feel but it's oh, also what? about like i'm very much learning getting back into that thing of being like exercise doesn't need to just be running yeah or the gym. oh my god
2: completely yeah
3: yeah i'm not a gym but i, I don't
2: have a gym membership no. People would be so surprised at that. I just don't feel the need. No, I don't. I'd way prefer to go on a bike ride outside or go and run outside yeah, exactly. or just do a workout in my room. But like also things like tennis. It's movement that makes you feel good. And that's yeah, what exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. I could literally talk to you for hours. <laughs> I know. It's like classic ADHD <laughs>
3: rambling as well.
2: <laughs> okay, so we will get on to the three final questions now.
3: So the first one is what is one thing that you do daily
2: to feel your best?
3: i think for me i feel my best when i um get dressed and i feel like i look nice mm-hmm. and i know i i think i had a That's what big, boy said. yeah yeah i had a big i think between the ages of like maybe like 18 and 20 i had a big thing about oh like looking good i shouldn't have to look good for anybody i shouldn't have to but then i actually realized that I like to look good for myself.
2: I'm completely the same. Yeah. I wear makeup well. Like, sometimes I'm at home, my parents are like, we don't need to wear makeup So It's like, I know I don't need to. I love it. Yeah. I love wearing makeup. I love wearing makeup. Um, I love... Yeah.
3: I have... I'm, I'm so interested in fashion. Yeah. I has a great fashion sense. I always steal her clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I... It's such a way for me of being like, this is who I am. It's
2: expression. Yeah, completely.
3: Yeah. And it's such an easy way to express yourself. Mm. Um... And I think that's, a, yeah, getting up, getting dressed, feeling like I look good, feeling good about myself, feeling like I can walk into a room and be like, I'm ready, like, this yeah. is who I am, and this is why. Start kind of, day in the best Yeah, way. definitely.
2: Aww. Amazing, perfect answer. So, second question is Is there a goal or a way you want to grow in the next year?
3: I think, yeah, just be more forgiving of myself and kind of really listen to. Mm-hmm. How I'm feeling and knowing what's good for me,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and putting those kind of especially as we're getting older and we're getting like into more kind of serious years of uni,
0: oh.
3: <laughs> kind of really thinking like towards my future self mm-hmm. and like, am I doing her a favor? Yeah, it's kind
2: of like what, yeah, doing something in the present before your future yeah, self. yeah.
3: And, and it's all right to like have a heavy night and feel hungover, yeah. not, I don't mean in terms of that, but like, I mean, we're not, not having many at the moment, I, I know. <laughs> so sad so
0: sad um,
3: <laughs> but really kind of like i think fostering kind of healthy mindset healthy relationships realizing who is good for me who is kind of aiding my life in a way that yeah i think i always very much think like surround yourself with people you would, would, would want to become
2: i think it's such a skill to like be able to discern between who is aiding your life and who's actually hindering
3: your life and it's a difficult thing oh to gosh, I think. It's- also, I always want to see the best in everybody. Yeah, I always the same with me. want to give people five, six chances. Mm. Um, but it's really realizing that like that this person is not someone I want to become. Mm-hmm. Um and but also being forgiving of people around you and, and yeah. realizing that everyone is having their own battle, especially at the moment. that we're in a very prime part of our lives right now Definitely. really kind of forming long-lasting bonds yeah. and kind of mindsets and coping mechanisms and habits um now's the time and also to stop biting my nails <laughs> <laughs> that's a more personal <laughs> one
2: <laughs> okay final question is is there a mantra or a quote that you align to in your life of positivity
3: yes so um this is what i saw maybe like three years ago i think i saw it on twitter like oh it's a very common one mm. but i just remember thinking like Oh my god, that is literally so true. And it's um comparison's the thief of joy. Yeah, it's so true. Which it I is. am such a bad person for comparing myself to others and to my past self in every aspect. How I used to look, how I used to things I used to do, like the fact that I used to read so much as a child, and I'm like, mm. why can't I do that anymore? Or like everyone around me, then I'll be so happy with something and then I'll compare myself to someone mm. and immediately I'm like, Well, everything I do is pointless. But yeah, comparison in every essence, like talent achievement success Mm. looks yeah like attention from boys Mm -hmm. every single thing wealth Mm -hmm. family like relationships everything if you compare to other people you're never gonna feel happy in your own because there's always gonna appear to be someone who's got it better than you yeah and comparison is
2: obviously so 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 often yeah negative so Mm. it's it's, it purely it doesn't aid us yeah it's It's positioning yourself
3: In a negative way to somebody else, and if you're comparing Completely. yourself and you're feeling better about yourself because someone's worse off than you, that's such an unhealthy way well, to yeah, live your not, life. Yeah, no. Because then you're just living your life, and I've got to be better than people all the time. Yeah, and you're, that's you're not, not you're living a life of comparison. Yeah, that's not a healthy way to <laughs> no. view any better. Like you shouldn't be doing anything to appear better yeah. or seem better. And like
2: the quote says, that isn't joyful.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah. And it's, I think it really captures that thing of you can be so happy with something, and the moment you compare that thing to something else it takes the joy away from that. Completely. Um, And I think, especially in in theatre and stuff, it's a very Mm. important, because I'm very interested in theatre, it's what I kind of want to do. Mm. It's a very important message. Like, keep your eyes on your own paper.
2: Yeah. Kind of
3: just do what makes you feel successful and happy
2: yeah oh i love it yeah that. oh izzy thank you so much thanks for so much on. for having me i really enjoyed I that i'm honestly i'm so excited for people to listen to that i think that's so so good i uh, hope i brought a different perspective definitely yeah. and yeah it was amazing so thank you so much,
3: much for coming you. On. thank you <laughs>
0: I loved speaking to Izzy all about her journey with ADHD and how she has responded to her diagnosis with such positive self-growth. Have the most lovely day today wherever you are.